Good morning, Embrace. Nice to see you all on this warm summer day. Glad you made it to church. I'm Laban. I'm the worship leader here at the church. I invite you to stand, and we're going to get started with just a few, few worship songs. Feel free to sing along with us. Show us a better way Jesus 
on love and above all else. We put on love and above all else. We put on love and above all else. We put on love. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee oh, changes not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been now forever will be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto
feels like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are.
His love for us is the kind of love that joins us in our joy and that feels the depth of our sadness and our lament with us. This morning, that love covers you as you come into this place. It's the love that we have as we greet one another. And this morning, we want to continue our worship by sharing together our gratitude and our lament, because we know we come to worship as whole people, and we have not had only good things happen to us. Many of us are carrying heavy things as we come into this place this morning, and there's room for all of that in this community. And so I want to invite you here in just a moment to turn to a few nearby neighbors and just share if there's something on your heart that you're celebrating or you're grateful for this morning. And also, if there's something that you're carrying this morning as a lament, we want to make space for you to share that as well. And when someone shares with you, if you're not exactly sure how to respond, it's always great just to thank them because they're offering a piece of themselves this morning to you and to God by being honest in worship. So take just a few moments and we'll come back together, but share with your nearby neighbors.
right, maybe take like another 30 seconds and wrap up your conversation. Thank you guys so much for choosing to worship together here in this place this morning. If I have not met you before, my name is Christina, and I'm one of our associate pastors here on staff. Maybe I'll wait just a second. I invite you to turn back this way, friends. All right, cool. So some of you may not know me. If you have been visiting with us recently, my face might seem new. I have been on a sabbatical for the last three and a half weeks, and that is a gift that you as a congregation give to your pastoral staff. Every three years, we have the opportunity to go on an extended sabbatical. Um, and you guys, that is just such a gift for us as staff, but it's also so important for our community because we really believe that rest allows us to acknowledge that God is actually the one who has the power and that God is actually the one who holds the world together um, so we can stop for a while. And so I just want to thank you guys so much for giving me that gift. And one of my main goals during that time was to deeply reconnect with myself and to deeply listen to the Spirit of God. And I believe both of those things happened for me. And I am back feeling rested and ready to end the summer and start a new school year um, in lots of ways. We're kind of in a transitional couple weeks. Um, but I'm so grateful to be back. And if you want to talk and hear more about it, I'd be happy to share. So just reach out and let me know. But I want to share just a couple of announcements this morning after I share a couple of the things I'm seeing online because they're sharing gratitude and lament with us as well. This morning, Paige is grateful to worship from her living room and lamenting COVID. Paige, we are glad you're still able to be with us, and we continue to lament COVID as well. Dan is lamenting that violence is all too prevalent in our world and our community, especially lamenting Russia's continuing unjust war against Ukraine. Thank you, Dan. Sandy, oh, I don't see that. Was that a different bubble? Oh, he's grateful that I'm back. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. That's very sweet. That was, that was sweet to go back and find that. Um, Sandy is grateful for her younger daughter's beautiful and safe trip to Europe and lamenting the wildfires in California that are creeping closer to her older daughter's home near Yosemite. Prayers much appreciated. Thank you for sharing that prayer with us, Sandy. We will join you. Chuck Davis is lamenting sickness this morning in their house, but grateful for antibiotics that help to heal and recover. Amen. Hope you guys are starting to be on the mend soon. Thank you guys for joining us online this morning, everybody who is with us. It's great to be one family, both in this room and online, and I'm grateful you all were able to share with each other this morning as well. So just a few announcements. Really, the main thing is that we are in a transitional couple weeks. Um, summer Wonder Room wraps up today, and we will be having Wonder Room again in September. So we're taking off the month of August to train some new volunteers and to get all our materials restocked and ready to go. So that's, again, an important rhythm of rest. We need to build those into our lives, both individually and community. Um, so if you are interested in volunteering in the Wonder Room, if that's something you don't know much about or you've heard about it and you think it's the coolest thing ever, which you would be correct, then feel free to talk to me about that. It's a wonderful space. It's kind of set up like Montessori learning. Um, but it's a, a different way to approach spiritual formation for children, and I love it. So if you're interested, let me know. We will be doing that training in the next few weeks and would love to get you involved. Um, summer youth group ended this past week, so we're taking a two-week break, and again, we'll start back in August, August 10th, with youth group. Um, but we will continue to have the gathering every Monday night. You're welcome to join us tomorrow. We start prayer at 4 p.m., 
And you can come anytime you're able to throughout the evening. We serve dinner at 6 and have another worship service at 645. Otherwise, um, I invite you to check out these Connect cards that are in your pews. If you have any information you would like to share with us, if you're here for the first time or second time or you haven't shared your info yet, we would love to connect with you. Um, we won't be creepy or overbearing, just would love to make sure that you know we acknowledge your presence in our community and are grateful for it. There's also lots of different things you can tell us you would like to know about or if you'd like to meet with a pastor. Um, these are a great way to just kind of give us info really quickly. And you can fill out a prayer request section as well um, to let us partner with you in prayer. You can also always send an email to prayer at embraceyourcity.com. And if you want to turn in a filled out connect card or give while you're in the building this morning, you can do that in either of the boxes at the back or at this door right over here. And you can always give via this QR code as well on the bottom or embraceyourcity.com um, slash give. So those are the announcements for this morning. And I would like to dismiss our children for our last Wonder Room. Come on up to the front. Let's give them a hand. And if the rest of you will join Laban in the band to continue to worship.
bow your heads with me. I'll just give us a little space to to ask God to fill us up this morning to open our minds and our hearts and our bodies to receive and hear from him today. So let's just take a moment of silence and quiet before God right now. just want to take a few deep breaths, be reminded of God's spirit that lives within you and is filling us up and sustaining us for this life that we're living.
God, we come to you today, and we are so grateful to be together once again. We thank you for this rhythm that, that we have as a church and as a community to come together every single week and gather to worship and to connect and to learn and to grow and to be inspired and challenged and ministered to by you and by the community, Lord. We are so grateful. And Lord, we pray that today could be a, a new beginning and a fresh start for us as we continue in this journey, this life that you have given us and, and the life that you've called us to live. God, this morning we come to you with heavy hearts. There are so many things going on around us at all times. It feels like sometimes, Lord, the world is just falling apart at its core. And there's so much that we, that we bear and, and we feel that heaviness and that weight and that dark cloud that just seems to be hovering over us all the time. And I know many folks in here maybe are feeling pretty low today, and I just pray that you would meet them, that you would minister to them, that you would, that you would show them love and kindness, Lord. I think of the way that when Elijah was in his lowest point, Lord, depressed and couldn't even feed himself, that you ministered to him with angels. And God, I pray that you would minister to those who are suffering and struggling this morning, that you would send... Uh, angels to their aid to, to encourage them and speak words of truth and life to them this morning. God, we lament the, all the suffering. I know Dan mentioned this morning the violence that just is pervading our world right now. Abroad, yes, but right here at home, Lord, we certainly have a violence problem right here, even in our city of Lexington and across our nation, Lord, and we lament that violence, Lord, and I pray that you would help us to know how we can be peacemakers, how we can share peace in our communities, in our homes, in our church, and across this neighborhood, and wherever we find ourselves, Lord, that we could accept that invitation to be peacemakers and walk in that path that you've laid out before us. Lord, we lament, Lord, the, the just devastation going on around us with the, the climate and the weather and the extreme heat and the fires and the floods. Lord, we lament and we cry out to you because we don't know necessarily what to do with this climate catastrophe that is before us. And God, I pray that you would give us peace in the midst of this chaos, Lord. And we also pray for a breakthrough, that there could be a coming together of people from all across our world to make some hard choices for our future and for our present. Lord, but help us to have peace in the midst of all this. Lord, there are so many things we can lament this morning and, and cry out to you about. And God, I just pray you would hear the, the cries of all of our people here. And Lord, not only do we lament, but we also give thanks this morning because there is so much. There's so much blessing in the midst of the struggle. There's joy in the midst of the sadness. There is life to be had, there is blessing to experience, there is love to be shared, and God, I pray that we could see those things, experience those good things, Lord, and get a taste of heaven right here and now as we gather together this morning. Lord, encourage us, help us to leave here with our heads held high, because we know, Lord, that you are there walking with us through this crazy journey that we are on. Lord, we need you so much. We need you. We pray, Lord, that you would meet us here in this moment. 
I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen. Well, I'm really uh, happy to be here with you all today. Um, We've got uh, a special treat today. Um, Here in a moment, I'm going to share a few words and then our brother Rick Reams, uh, who is back with us after being gone for quite some time dealing with just a health crisis that he was having and had to spend quite a bit of time in the hospital and lots of different things going on. He's going to share with us in a little bit just a testimony of God's faithfulness to him um, through that time of darkness and struggle. But before that, I just want to share a little bit with you. And my message today is pretty simple, uh, but hopefully it can uh, speak to your heart today. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. The words will be on the screen, uh, but you can also follow along in your Bible if you would like. I'm reading from the NIV, the ones in your pews or NRSV or the RSV. They're all very similar. Um, But I'm going to be reading. This is actually a pretty important text in the Bible. This is where we get the Lord's Prayer from, this this text, and also in Matthew. Um, We're not going to talk much about the Lord's Prayer today, uh, but there is a lot we could unpack from these verses, and I'm not going to attempt to do that this morning. Um, But I'm going to share something that has come to me as I've read through this, and then Rick will also um, help illuminate some of what we're talking about through his testimony as well. But if you'll follow along with me, Luke chapter 11, 1 through 13. This is directly after our story from last week, by the way, about Martha and Mary and what happened there where Mary was at Jesus' feet and Martha was distracted and stressed out about all the good ministry and things she was doing, um, but Jesus called her to really take a step back and learn from Mary's example, and now we're going to, Jesus is going to teach us some more. And so one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or he asks for an egg, and you will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So to begin, I want to ask you to consider a question. When you think about a good parent, who comes to your mind? When you think about a really good parent, who comes to your mind? 
So think of an image of somebody that you know that comes to your mind when you think of a really, really good parent. And then the second question is just what qualities make that person a good parent? So you think about a really good parent, a good father, a good mother. What makes them a good parent? Well, for me, uh, qualities that come to my mind, I'm sure you all have many things that come to your mind, um, are unconditional love, uh, commitment, someone who is empathetic. I think of good energy just present there with their children, someone who is affirming, validating, a really good listener, so many things. Does anybody have any other ideas y'all want to shout out of what makes a good parent? Patience, yeah. Generosity, that's right. Those are great. My second question is similar. When you think about a good friend who comes to your mind, so a really good friend, it may be someone that's a good friend to you or someone you just know is like a really good friend to the people in their lives. When you think of a good friend who comes to your mind, and what qualities make that person a good friend? Now, for me, uh, the qualities for a good friend are very similar to those of a good parent, right? I think of uh, unconditional love again. I think of kind of that uh, ride-or-die commitment. You know, they're with you through anything. They're the people you can call on that are going to show up no matter how bad or messy the situation may be. They're people who are honest with you, who are supportive, who are fun, helpful, good listener. Any other ideas for good friends that I haven't covered? Understanding, yeah, for sure. What was that? Did I hear something? No. Maybe, maybe. Uh, So I ask you to think about these questions because in our text for today, God compares, uh, well, Jesus compares God to a friend and to a parent. And we're not going to focus so much on the Lord's Prayer part, but the two stories that come after the Lord's Prayer. And I think these, these are connected to the Lord's Prayer. It goes right into it. And so this is a way of fleshing out what Jesus is trying to teach on the Lord's Prayer. And so in this text, God is compared to a parent and to a friend. And I want to go ahead and spoil the ending of my message for you. And this is the simple message today. That God loves us even more than the best parent or the best friend. All right? Even more than the best parent you could ever imagine in the whole wide world, even more than the best possible friend you could ever conjure up in your mind, God loves us even more than that. And this may seem like too simple of a message, but trust me, if y'all think about it, often our images of God, the way we think and talk about God, does not sound like a loving parent, does not sound like a loving friend. Often we portray God as someone who is eager to punish, full of wrath, fickle, over-demanding, uncaring, violent, and distant. Would we ever describe a good parent or a good friend with those words or those ideas? That sounds more like an abusive parent or a friend that you need to stay away from. 
Yet often this is how we think of God. I believe God is eager to love. God is full of grace. God is consistent. God is inviting and compassionate and peaceful and really, really near to us. God loves us even more than the best parent or the best friend you could ever conjure up in your imagination. Our text for today begins with the disciples asking the Lord how to pray. It's really kind of sweet. They're watching Jesus pray one day, it says, and they see him praying, and they probably saw something they liked about that connection, that intimacy he had with God, the way he talked to the Father. And so they're like, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like that? I want that kind of relationship with God. And so Jesus gives them an example of how to pray. And I'll just tell you, I personally, I do not believe this is like a, a formula that we have to follow, but this is an example of how he's telling them to talk to God, how you can think about God. And he leads his prayer by telling them to call God Father, to call God Father. And after he teaches them the rest of the prayer, he then tells them two stories about a friend and about a father. So in the first story, a friend helps out another friend in need, even when he did not want to help out his friend at all. His friend came to him in the middle of the night because he needed extra food. A visitor had shown up in the middle of the night. In Jewish culture, you showed hospitality. It was required of you. I wish we had that kind of thing in our culture, um, but it was required to show hospitality when someone showed up to you in need, and he didn't have enough food, or he didn't have the food he wanted to cook what he wanted to cook, and so he goes and he wakes up his friend in the middle of the night, and his friend did not want to help him, but eventually he ended up relenting and giving him the food that he needed. This is what friends do, ultimately. They're willing to be inconvenienced in order to help each other out. It was an extreme bother for this guy to show up in the middle of the night to this guy's house. They were probably sharing a small home, all the children, all the adults, everyone sharing the same room, all sleeping together on the floor. Someone comes knocking on your door. You're waking up the kids. You know that's a mess when that happens. If you've already got them down, they're frustrated. He's like, do not wake us up right now, man. Go. I'm not giving you any food. But, you know, there was this kind of honor-shame thing back then. It would have been the wrong thing for him to do to not help out his friend. And so he's like, I'm going to help you out. I'll give you the food you need. This story makes sense now, and it would have made sense then. If you're good friends, you're going to do it even if you don't want to. In our second story, Jesus asked all the fathers in the room to imagine a scenario. And it's a pretty ridiculous scenario. And all y'all fathers in the room today can imagine this scenario as well. Imagine your child comes to you and asks for a fish, and instead you give your child a snake. Kind of crazy, right? Or your child asks for an egg. You know, they're wanting some protein or whatever. They're like, can I get an egg? I'm hungry. And you give them a scorpion instead to eat. The fathers hear, and the fathers then see the absurdity of this scenario, right? Of course, a good father is not going to give their child something dangerous when they really only need something to survive. They're asking for food, right? And then Jesus says, if you then, 
He's talking to all these fathers and all the other people. If, the, if you then, though you are evil, though you still got evil stuff going on in your heart and mind, you're not perfect, you're far from where you need to be, even you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Essentially, I hear Jesus saying in these verse, this verse that, you know, even though y'all aren't perfect, even though y'all got all kinds of problems, you still know how to give good stuff to your kids. You still know how to help your friend out when your friend is in need and annoying you in the middle of the night. Just imagine, just imagine how much more your perfect father or your perfect friend in heaven can love you. Like, you're far from being fully righteous, you, but you still can show love to your kids. And you still can love your friends. Just imagine the God of the universe who is full of love. Imagine how much this God can love us. Imagine how much. The disciples asked Jesus to pray, and He did not give them, or He did, He did give them some words they could use. But I think this passage really is more about God's character than it is about a prescription on how to pray or how to get what we want or need from God. There's no magic to the Lord's Prayer, in my opinion. There's no secret to how to get things from God. It's not that we have to bug God enough for God's going to give us something. God is eager to come alongside of us. God is eager to show you love. God is eager to meet you in your moment of need. Jesus teaches us that God is open to us. That God is available to us. Just like a wonderful parent, God is there for us. God is eager to show us love and care and support. I think about my foster son. I I would do anything for him. Anything. And I know y'all with kids would do that the same. How much more so of God? Just as Jesus has this intimate like father-son relationship with God, Jesus, through teaching us this prayer, has invited us to have that same kind of relationship to God as well. A relationship of deep trust, of intimacy, of love. And ultimately, the goal of prayer is to become more and more filled with God's presence, closer and closer to God through His Spirit living in us and working through us. I've asked uh, Rick to share this morning. I'm going to invite him to come on up to the front. I'm going to give Rick a warm welcome as he comes forward. Rick and I had lunch last week and and had a really good time connecting and talking about just what he's been through over the last uh, few weeks, and he's going to share more about that with you. But he's going to share a testimony uh, of God's love and God's faithfulness to him. And so really this idea, this simple message that God loves us so much, Rick's going to break that down for us through a story, through what he's experienced and how God has met him in his time of need. He's dealt with a a serious health emergency, and and he's doing a whole lot better, as you can see. You're looking good, Rick. You're looking good. Um, And through his struggle, Rick has learned to trust God more. He's experienced God's love and God's presence in a much deeper way. And, and what he shared with me, too, is he's been blessed by numerous people and so many of you all from this church um, by the way that they have shown him God's love through their big and small acts of kindness and support. And so I'm going to turn it over to Rick, and he's going to share with us, and then we'll share communion after that. Good morning. I stand here before you with 
a lot of emotions because honestly, I didn't know if I'd ever make it back to this church. When I woke up in the ICU on a ventilator, it was a terrifying experience. I didn't know how I got there, and I didn't know where I was going to go from there. But what I want to share with you today is, first of all, that Stephanie and my wife and I joined this church December 12th of last year. And in Hebrews 12, 1, it talks about such a great cloud of witnesses. And whenever I read that before, I thought, that's when I get to heaven, I get to see all these clouds of witnesses. First of all, I learned that I was heading towards heaven. But I also learned that the cloud of witnesses were right in front of me. You see, I'm not very good at accepting help. I like to do things myself. I take care of myself. So when Laura Pace called Stephanie and asked if she could set up a meal train for us, I thought, well, that's nice, but other people need stuff more. But Stephanie said, let's do this. And Laura went above and beyond. She not only set that up, she had people bring food to her, and then she brought it to our house. Laura made I don't know how many salads for Stephanie to have at the hospital. And then you folks jumped on board. Honestly, some of you that brought food to us, I don't know you. And you don't know how that touches my heart. You see, you are such a cloud of witnesses to two people who you may not know, who you may not have known long, but you were witnesses to us. And I can never thank you that. And then in Galatians 2.20 it says, for I have been crucified in Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And church, what I want to tell you this morning is you are Christ to us. You see, you were Christ when we needed him the most. Your thoughts, your notes, your calls, your texts, you were Christ to us. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget the Christ that lives inside of you wants to serve others. And that's what you did. But I want to share something else with you that's a little bit embarrassing for a pastor to share. When I was in the hospital, for some reason, I could not pray. I think I was so intent on survival that I could not pray. Friends, you took me to Christ through your prayers. You stepped in when I couldn't pray, and you prayed me to Jesus. And that's where I needed to be. I can remember the few nights, the only words I could say was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he was there. And you took me there with you. You brought me, you pulled me along when I needed you the most. John talks about this morning about the, uh, you know, the society, how the Jewish society was. We're not like that. You didn't have to do that. But you did it. Because Jesus lives inside of you. 
We've heard the statement before, a friend in need is a friend indeed. And what I'm telling you is, you are those friends to me. So whether I know you or not, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you did for me. You see, at 58 years old, I still think I'm young. But when I woke up in the hospital, I realized I wasn't as young as I thought. But I know something. I had a place to come back to. I had people to see. I had people that I needed to thank. And you are a part of that cloud of witnesses that I need to thank. Don't ever think your actions go unnoticed. I will never, ever, ever react to people the way I did before. You see, I thank God for what he's done. I thank God for me being in the hospital because it changed who I am. And I can never thank you enough for that. And that's all I have to say other than embrace, keep on being the church you are because this world needs more of you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Rick, for sharing that encouraging word with us this morning. We're so grateful that you're doing better and you're back with us uh, here in church. We're going to share communion together, um, and I'll go ahead and invite the worship team to come up while we're getting ready for that. Um, lately, since the pandemic started, we've been sharing or communion with these little communion cups and wafer, and I know it's not the most tasty uh, communion in the world. Um, we'll hopefully get back to the common loaf here soon um, when these numbers come down some. But if you don't have one, uh, there are some at the door when you came in, this door back here, and you can go back and grab one. Don't, it's completely cool to go grab one and uh, bring it back to your seat. You know, we share communion every week at Embrace, and we don't do it because we feel like we have to. We do it because we just think it's powerful and it's meaningful. Our first and most important value at our church is that we keep Jesus at the center. And, you know, the world is chaotic. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of messages that we're receiving from all over the place at all hours of the day. And and we really need to keep Jesus as our center and our focus because it can be very confusing sometimes to know what to do or what to believe or how to be in this world. And, and so we continue to go back to Jesus and say that, we may not even know exactly the word Christian even has been manipulated and used in so many different ways. And, and we just believe that, that if we continue to focus on Jesus and his teachings and his example and what he's called us to, then I believe we're going to be on the right path. And communion's a way to stay connected to Jesus, to stay focused on Jesus and keep our attention and our gaze completely locked in on him. And so when we take communion each week, we remember, yes, his body and his blood broken and shed for us, but we also remember the whole scope of his life, starting at the, his birth and the miracle of God's incarnation coming into our world. We remember all the things we know about the way the community reacted to this new baby and this new life. We remember Jesus' teachings and, and the way he lived and the way others responded to him and ultimately what he gave for us on the cross at the end of his life here on earth. We remember his resurrection and how he rose from the dead. And then we remember too how he ascended up into heaven and he's seated 
at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and we believe He will come back one day and fix all this mess that we're living in. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus, come this morning. If you bow your heads with me just for a moment. God, we thank You so much for Your love and for Your grace and Your goodness. We thank You that You reached down and reached out to us in our broken places. We thank you that you heard the cries of your people so long ago. You came into this world and walked among us and gave us the light and the the vision to see what heaven really is and what, what it means to be a part of your kingdom and serve you as Lord and King. God, we pray that we would see that clearly today. We thank you that when your friends asked to learn to pray, that you gave them some counsel on that, that you taught them about the relationship, Lord, that you want to have with us, just like a parent and a child, just like best friends. And God, I pray that we could rest in that this week, knowing how much you love us, that you love us so much that you would give up your life for the sake of us and for this world to see this world redeemed and made right and be made whole. God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon these elements that we have this morning, uh, what we have here in this room, and also whatever those at home have set aside for this purpose, that you would fill us up, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these things, these ordinary things, that they would be something extraordinary for us today, that they would truly be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up right now, in a fresh and new and powerful way. And that we would leave here feeling different, feeling full, feeling whole, because we've encountered you, Lord, the living God. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being our our parent who loves us so much. Thank you for being our friend who would do anything for us. Thank you for sticking with us even when we don't have the words to say or don't even know how to talk to you because we're so low. Thank you that you stick with us in those moments just like you showed up and stuck with Rick as he was struggling in the hospital. Lord, we need you. I pray today we'd be reminded that we are loved. We are loved so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If y'all want to go ahead and get out the little wafer on top, I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Take the juice or whatever drink you have at home. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. I'll invite you all to stand uh, for our closing song. If you'd like to pray at the altar, it's open to you to come and spend that time with God. Um, But let's just end our time just worshiping a little bit before we leave. I'm
of the goodness of God. I invite you to prepare your hearts to receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace.